Hi, it's David Paul, and this is the Hot Button Number 70, Assumptions, Episode 1, Theatrical, An Old Hope. We all spend our time these days in an endless, endless flurry of conversation about the future, or as some have mislabeled it, the streaming wars, and thus theatrical, and thus cable satellite television, etc. I've actually seen the tide turning back to sanity this week with pieces in the media that I haven't, I've seen about how streaming may not be the business panacea that people thought it isn't, it never was, but it is the future, so deal with it. And how Netflix, for all its might, seems stuck at owning about 10% of the hours of screen time now, which is astonishing, but does beg the question of whether they're now mature and should be managed differently, which they've already started, but just not told us all about directly. And how movie theaters are not suffering because people won't go to the comedies or dramas, but because distributors aren't putting comedies and dramas in theaters. If you followed me, you know that these are all positions I've written about for a year or longer. But the point here is not to pat myself on the back. In the current conversation, I find that the conversation of legacy content delivery, the ongoing evolution of streaming and whatever is happening to theatrical, there is always a serious flaw in some broad assumptions and some key realities that almost always seem to go unmentioned. So a trio of columns this week, Assumptions Episode 1, Theatrical and Alt Hope, Assumptions Episode 2, Linear Television, Decision Free Strikes Back, and Assumptions Episode 3, Streaming, Return of the Bundle. So today, in Assumptions Episode 1, Theatrical, the first assumption is Theatrical was in serious trouble before COVID. Meh, false. 2019 was the third highest grossing domestic year in history and the number one worldwide grossing year in history. Theatrical was not in trouble. Two, the theatrical business is all big budget IP. In 2019, there were 17 movies released that cost over $125 million. They represented about $16 billion of the $40 billion worldwide gross, an outsized amount to be for sure, but not everything. Three, big budget IP movies can be the nearly exclusive driver of theatrical exhibition and exhibition will thrive. No. Exhibition is a small margin business, no matter how obscene the cost of popcorn. There is not enough big IP in any year to support the brick and mortar businesses. Now a list of realities. One, the number of movies of all kinds in theatrical release have dropped precipitously. In December 2021, just 10 movies opened on a thousand screens or more. December 2019, just before COVID, there were 12. But it gets worse going one step down. In December 2019, 19 films were opened in December between 100 and 999 screens. Last This December, only seven. 19 versus seven. In November, there were 9,000 screen openings in 2021. 16 in 2019. Difference of seven <laughs> uh, in November. And 700 to 99, 999 openings in 2021. That's seven. 23 in 2019. These missing movies are not just contributors to a higher gross, but they increase the chances of an outlying hit that contributes even more. More movies equal more potential. Two, holdover business matters. In December 2019, movies that opened in December and grossed 100,000 or more accounted for $750.4 million at the domestic box office that month. Just that month. Holdovers that opened before December added another $395.2 million. This year, in December 2021, this last year, 
Movies that December, opened in December and grossed $100,000 or more accounted for $765 million at the domestic box office that month. Pretty much very similar to actually to the, uh, and actually even a little higher than 2019. But holdovers that opened before December added only $152.9 million. Yes, the Spider-Man story is huge and powered these monthly numbers without much help. But one has to look past this and see the $242 million less that came in from holdovers this December in this one month as a massive negative hit to exhibition. The December holdover business in 2019 was 35% of the overall gross. This December, it's only, was only 17% of the overall gross. You can also see this from a different direction in November comparing the last two years. In November 2019, movies that had opened in November and grossed 100000 or more accounted for $752.4 million at the domestic box office that month. Holdovers added another $203.8 million. This year, in November, that same large amount, $392.6 million at the domestic box office, a big drop. But even more interestingly, holdovers opened that opened before November added $129.3 million. So the holdover number was much closer this year than it was to the number of from the 2019 than it was in terms of the movies that opened in November. It was 21% of the overall gross in November 2019. This year it was 25% of the overall gross. Why did this happen? Because October of this year was unusually loaded. Four strong openers in the docket when the month usually has about two. The disparity in the next month's holdover would have been even greater had Dune been released theatrical first, leading to a better hold. It did $69 million in October and managed only $33 million in November. So that drop is significant. When you look at, say, Stars Born the year before, in 2018, which added $39 million in November compared to Dune's 33, and it opened two weeks earlier in October. Similarly, No Time to Die only added $25 million. That opened October 8th, but just not a great hold. So both quality and quantity matter. What people want to see, the big movies, matter. But so does quantity. In the current situations, not enough films are going to theaters to support either kind of win, unless you get Spider-Man lucky. Three, movies that have succeeded are succeeding shockingly like they did pre-COVID. The only key difference between amongst movies that have grossed between $50 million and $150 million domestic in 2019, 2021, pre-COVID and in COVID this last year, is how many movies in the category released into the market. This is actually the most surprising stat I've wandered into for this piece. There were 38 movies that grossed between 50 and $150 million in 2019. This last year, 2021, there were only 18. That's a 20-movie difference. The average opening, 26.5 in 2019, 26.7 in 2021. The average percentage of domestic gross coming from the opening, the meaning the movie, the money you made as an opening as a percentage of what your total would end up being, 31% in 2019, 33% in 2021. And that number is likely to move towards that 31% as the December titles add more this month. The average total domestic gross for the films, 84 million in 2019, 83 million last year. Almost identical. Total gross in this category of film. Movies that made between 50 and 150 million dollars in the domestic box office. 3.2 billion in 2019, 1.5 billion in 2021. Huge difference. 
Of course, there are other factors besides the number of films being put into theaters that, in detail, lead to the disparity. But I put a list on the printed site looking at the films from both years. And I don't see a big disparity in price, quality, or genre in the kind of films that make up each year's output except in quantity. They're very similar. They're genre films. They're IP films. There are original films. There's all kinds of stuff. Kind of the same, except one year had a lot more stuff. Honestly, I'm shocked by these facts. One can make all kinds of arguments about why they might be discounted. And one big one is that we're talking domestic only, but that's for another conversation. Whatever you take from these broad figures to specific movies is not quite as clear. When you take it from broad figures to specific movies, it's not quite as clear. And the whole thing becomes more nerve-wracking, obviously. No puffed-out chest about what any one movie will do. But the constant hum of negativity from people who are avoiding all the details that are in any way positive, that's just crap. The argument that a company should value any given piece of content as streaming sub-bait rather than theatrically launched revenue stream bait is not in any way illegitimate. It's a choice, assuming the argument is factually based and not impulsive and or ignorant of the range of facts. So, if you're willing, if you're okay with killing the exhibition business, this piece is asking you to think way too much about something you really don't care about. If you're ambivalent about theatrical and are at peace with the idea of streaming taking over 90% plus of the content delivery model, so be it. Enjoy yourself. If you care about maximizing revenues, if you see the value to the theatrical window in creating passion about content, if you don't want the entire industry shrink to fit to what will be streaming wars, what actually will be streaming wars in five to ten years, and if you need if you need to support distributors, oh, what you need to do is to support distributors, not only pushing films into theatrical, pushing a healthy number of films into all of all kinds into that theatrical window. The future of streaming and theatrical really have little to do with one another directly. Streaming will always be the final destination for theatrical movies. That's a given. The revenue from streaming, whether it is the only revenue or the third or fourth window, will be part of the budgeting process and the profit picture. Theatrical, aside from stunt releases, will always be the first stop. And streaming, whether it's the first stop or the last stop, will always be the last stop. The value that it can be measured at each step is how choices will be made. The risk and the reward will always be greater with theatrical, but we're still at the very beginning of measuring each step on this revenue chain. Until tomorrow.